Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 7. Here's Pastor Ryan. Let's get right into it. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 7. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 7. As you know, at Calvary Chapel, we go through the whole Bible, not just uh, kibbles and bits and little parts of it. We go through the whole thing, both Old and New Testament. And so on Wednesday nights, it's the Old Testament. And uh, believe it or not, we started in Genesis, and we're here in Second Chronicles chapter 7. And it's the story of the kings, the chronicles, the stories of the kings, which the Davidic line leads to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which is the most important thing. The whole Bible is pointing towards the cross, towards Jesus Christ. And so um, give me an amen once you are there, please. And so, Father, we thank you again this evening for your love, your grace, and mercy. Lord, it's new every day. Lord, we always have your love, and you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And we're glad that we can wake up in the morning and and seek your face and to bring our heart before you and let you minister to our hearts and show us the places in our lives where we have to change, Lord, for you came to change us, not, not that we would stay the same, but, Lord, that we would allow you to mold and shape us, Lord, every day as we pray. And so, Father, as we study your word tonight, may you bless it especially to our hearts tonight. Remove any um, distractions uh, from our minds, from our heart. Um, Soften the hearts, Lord. Remove hardness of heart. Remove pride. Uh, Remove arrogance, Lord, for you say in your word that you actually resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. So speak to us, Holy Spirit. Pour out your grace. Open the windows of heaven, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Awesome. So in our story, as you know, uh, King Solomon and all the Israelites have gathered uh, to Jerusalem to the newly built temple. It's a glorious time for the nation. The temple that uh, King David wanted to build is now built, but not by him, by his son. And so God's promise to David that his son would build the temple has happened. And we're right in the middle of the dedication of it, the celebration of it. And Solomon is um, actually, we're in the middle of his dedication prayer to the Lord. He basically built this huge uh, bronze platform by which he was in the outer court of the temple above the people and and there he's on his knees prostrated before the Lord and he's just so in awe of what God had done. God had brought all the all the artisans, all the construction workers, all the materials, he set all of it up. And even though it was man that built it, it was God through man that built it. And thus Solomon is thanking the Lord, you've done this. Though, you know, it was us who made the phone calls or whatever, you were the ones that built this temple. So in his dedication prayer, he's just beseeching the Lord that this place would be a special place. A temple would be a place where if anyone seeks your face in the temple that lord you would hear their prayer bless them forgive them um even um the foreigner uh, those who would come from far away distances to come to the temple to see god that god you would hear their prayer answer them and bless them and in the same way i mean i you know it's not ironic it's it's a divine 
Providence that uh, we here have just been blessed with this building. It's been, you know, uh, two, two, two years, over two years. And it's been in our name for only about four months or whatever. I don't even know the month now. I'm just, we're just going forward. But um, we have a new building. We have a temple. Well, before we were outside, we were at the, at the park. And so we have this building and we're blessed. And so we kind of feel in a small scale what it must have been like for the Israelites. Here we are totally blessed. We have classrooms. We have a basketball court. We have all kinds of goodies here. So it's a blessing. And so he's praying to God. And what he's saying to the Lord is, now, God, I pray, he's saying, your, let your ears uh, be open and, uh, and be attentive to the prayers that your people make from this place. And so that's, that's his prayer to God. Hear us when we pray from this place and hear and answer. And so in verse 1 uh, of chapter 7, we continue. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. And so what has just taken place is just a tremendous, crazy miracle there before all the people. That when Solomon was done with his prayers, fire from heaven, the Lord sent fire from heaven literally that hid the altar of the offerings and the sacrifices and just consumed uh, all of the offering and you can just imagine how overwhelmed the people and king solomon must have been at that moment i mean that's an elijah the prophet moment that's that doesn't happen every day where god manifests his power his blessing his his providential you know care for them that he would just send fire from heaven they all must have been blown away and you can imagine what the sight must have been i wonder how long the trail was from heaven right was it just a one shot or was it like a tornado where it was just connected all the way down who knows i wonder if the temperature of the temple warmed up and people you know stood back because it warmed up I wonder if it made shadows around the walls of Jerusalem. I'm just blown away at what it must have been like. But it's, it's and what it sounded like. You know, rushing wind, I don't know. But it happened. It legitimately happened. Now, of course, there are people today that are too sophisticated to believe in such a miracle like that. It had to, be, it had to been some helicopter that, you know, shot a fire... Uh, blow the, you know, what are those things in, in uh, you know, the, uh, it's Wednesday night, but what are the, th- in, in war, what are the, yeah, blowtorch, right? Was it a flamethrower, some flamethrower from a helicopter. People are too sophisticated for their own good. But we come as children before God by faith, we believe that if it says fire from heaven, it was fire from heaven. And it must have been just amazing. But it's fitting that the fire came and the manifestation came directly following the prayers of the people and Solomon. Think about that. The fire came down when he was done praying. And if you want to be on fire for the Lord, and if you ever wonder why some people are on fire for the Lord, it's because they're praying people. 
God blesses the prayers of his people. And he did it thousands of years ago. He blessed them and he's blessing them right now in 2022. He is blessing his people who will pray to him. And a lot of Christians, you know, they never see the manifestation of God in their lives. They never see things happening. And the reason is because they're not praying the way they ought to. And we're going to get into, you know, they all bow down. When they see the fire, they all bow down. And if you think about Solomon's prayer when he was praying, he was praying from a prostrated position. He was on his knees. So, so humility and prayer go hand in hand. And the humility says, I'm going to do what you want me to do, God. I'm not going to live the way I want to live. I'm going to live the way you want me to live. So humility and prayer, they're synonymous. And there's so many people who pray and just, I mean, it, it might as well be rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub kind of thing. Because there's no sincerity that God, when I'm praying to you, I'm praying to get your will in my life done. So there's no manifestation. There's no fire from heaven. It's same old, same old. And God knows it's the same old, same old. And so he's not going to bother manifesting himself powerfully in that person's life. But as believers, all of us, all of us are exhorted to pray and to seek him with humility and sincerity. And that is when we become on fire for the Lord. Jesus, when he was baptized by John the Baptist, Remember, John the Baptist was like, no, I shouldn't baptize you. You should baptize me. And the Lord said, no, this must be done. And, and we read that as he baptized them in Luke chapter 3, you can write it down. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. You can write it down, verse 21 and 22, and check it out later. It says that when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he, that's Jesus, while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. When did the heavens open? When was the Holy Spirit, when did it descend upon our Lord? When did fire come down from heaven? It's when Solomon prayed and the people prayed in humility. I am blown away at God's manifestation in our church, in our lives. There's something different. And it's nothing new under the sun. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is still going throughout the whole world, seeing whose hearts are perfect towards him that he might show himself strong to. Christianity isn't rocket science. Church growth isn't rocket science. God is looking for people who will pray. God is looking for people who understand that as Christians, we go about spiritual means to to receive spiritual results. You want to see God work, learn to pray. I had to learn to pray. Our church was was small for a long time. It's still small, but it was smaller. <laughs> I mean, we had 30 people for like five years or something. Some of you know that. You've been, you know, and those 30 rotated in and out. People jammed, people came. But anyways, I had to learn, you know, what is it, Lord? And believe you me, there's a bunch of like dorky, weird, unbiblical, how to make your church grow programs out there. 
But if you read your Bible, what were the people doing? They were just praying, seeking God. And letting God change their life so that they can be a witness for him and that he can manifest himself strongly in them. And so by God's grace, he led me to some pastors and said, man, this is what I do. I go out to the boonies, I go out to the wilderness, I go, you know, go pray. So I started going to pray out in, you know, going for a hike, stop, pray, a couple hours here, here at these trails, mountains, mountains, desert, white water, wherever. And I realized how, I realized how hard it was for me to pray. I realized how my flesh didn't want to sit still. I literally, like after 10 minutes, was like, I got to do something else. That's how weak my flesh was, that it could not sit still with the Lord. So I forced myself, told my flesh, you will not be the boss of me. And about a half hour later, man, I, it, I just sensed God's spirit moving in my life as I was reading his word and praying. And that half hour turned into two hours of me re just venting to the Lord. And I realized that my whole prayer session was about God dealing with my heart. It wasn't a list of the stuff that I wanted. But I realized that the reason why he wasn't being manifested in the church the way we wanted him to was because he needed to work in my heart. Because when he begins to manifest himself, if your heart ain't ready to receive that, to deal with that, it can destroy you with pride. And so I began to do that, and people began to stick around. And all that, and that's the grace of God. That's not me at all. That's what Jesus did. You just read in the book, but we don't follow what he says. And we all wonder why Christianity ain't working. Why there's no power, why there's no boldness, why there's no strength, why things aren't happening. Because God ain't here to make my life happen. I'm here to make his will happen. And that's what the cross represents. Jesus says, I will take away your sins. I, I will die for you on the cross. I will resurrect and give you resurrection life, but you follow me from now on. And the sinner is so in awe that he would care for sinners like us that in response we say, yeah, it's not about my life anymore. What do you want? And then you do what the king says and you see his manifestation all over the place. That's when fire, that's when people are on fire. And he's an equal opportunity God. It's not like he loves me any better than anybody else in this room. The, the trails are open for you as well. There are plenty of quiet places around your house, in your house. Find it. Do it. Because we need people in this church to pray that way. And that should stir up servanthood. That should spur up action. There's no way that you can come from a prayer session without any direction to do something for God. You know, I don't come back from that and say, oh, man, awesome. He's going to bless me now with the new house, car, whatever, whatever, whatever. He's going to make my life awesome, relationships, whatever. Uh-uh. Uh, no. Where do you see that here? You see people praying, and then they get orders, and they go do. And then as, they're, as we're doing his will, he gives us the, the desires of our heart along the way. And that's why we always tell people, love Jesus, serve him. And whatever you're praying about, 
he'll, he'll, if it's his will, you'll get it in his timing. But there's, in, there's impatience with people because they're not praying. We get anxious. We get worried. We want to we fix everything on, our, on ourselves. God will stand back and say, all right, you want to still be God? Go ahead. Let's see how that works. Burn after burn after burn. I'm in the business of helping people that have been burned. <laughs> That's what shepherds do. We come with the A&D ointment and the wrap and the olive oil, and we just help people that have been burned, burned, burned. And why are they getting burned? Because of disobedience. And why are they, why are they being disobedient? Because they're not praying. Jesus said that he desires that all men pray everywhere and not lose heart. Paul says, pray without ceasing. It says that, and the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And that's that cloud that was thick upon it before. It's just like, I can't, we can't even see, we can't, we can't serve the Lord. His presence was so thick that they just had to stop. Like, we can't even see, Lord. This is way too much, Lord. You're too good. And so, uh, uh, because of the glory of the Lord had filled the house, the Lord's house, verse 3, when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And so, what's cool is it tells us how the priests responded and how the people responded and they saw this manifestation and it says, and then the people bowed down. And when we're on fire for the Lord and people come through these doors, that manifestation of God's love and power upon our church, people come in here and I, I, I get to hear wonderful stories of people literally being overwhelmed. We saw it this Sunday. One woman was going was gonna to weep. Another, another person told me uh, last week that, um, you know, that uh, a, a woman came and said, man, I love coming here because it seems like something's always happening here. Like God is blessing this church and I want to come here and just see the new, there's always a new blessing that's happening on our church. And it ain't because of me, it's because of people in this church by God's grace have been led to pray. Because Father, we want to see you manifest yourself here. And that kind of, that kind of on-fireness is inspiring. And so all the people saw that and they bowed down. People hear the praises in this place. All of us singing our hearts out. You're singing to the Lord, whether you feel like it or not. You're singing to him as loud as you can out of thanksgiving will literally help change people's lives as they come in. They can't but help but freak out and start praising God. And what do they say? For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. He is good. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. And so here, another response to God's manifestation is more offerings. You know, we read about offerings. They've been offering all day long. But something happened. It stirred up the hearts of the people. And the king and the people began to give more offerings. What was it? 120 sheep and goat, 22,000 cattle. 
And it's fitting because the house of the Lord is a place where God's people can practice giving offerings to God. Because God has given us his son. God has given us eternal life. Is he not worth us giving? This is the place where you think about it. That's why we have the ushers going with with, um, the tithe bags. So that people think about it. This is a spot. Biblically, the Israelites did it. And we're doing it. Because God is worthy of our offerings and our thanks. Everything that we have, he has given to us. And there's many ways that you can sacrifice to the Lord. Right? In Psalm 4, verse 5, it says, Offer sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. So a, a, a way to sacrifice is to, is, to, is to live a righteous life before him. To live a righteous life means that you're doing your best to obey the Lord. I mean, that's an offering. Like, I'm, you know, nothing blesses Jesus. Didn't Jesus say, if you love me, keep my commandments? So everyone's saying they love Jesus. And you don't love Jesus if you're not doing what he says. You just don't. So on the top of your prayer list, put uh, more love for Jesus because I don't. And he deals with truth. He deals with realism. And then he says, oh, okay, you, at least you ask, because you have not unless you ask. Or you have not because you ask not. But you're being real. And you're, How many times have I asked God for more love for him? Because he tests the heart. But that, that, uh, the sacrifice of righteousness, and, and put your trust in the Lord. There's no greater sacrifice for the Lord than to trust him and believe in him. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14 through 16, uh, Paul, who I believe wrote that book, said, For here we have no continuing city. We don't have a continuing city here. We have another one that's coming. We're going to be in heaven. But we seek the one to come. Therefore, by him, that's Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. He's well pleased when we praise him with our lips. And in the world, how, many, how much junk did we say with our mouths in the world? Many bad words. But now we praise him, we thank him. We thank him. And we share. We do good. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. I like what King David said in his repentance psalm, Psalm 51. He said in verse 16, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you shall you will not be you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. And so here David says, you know, you're not, you're not interested in, uh, you don't desire sacrifices or else I would give it. What you desire is a broken and contrite heart, a broken spirit, a humble heart. So if, like God doesn't want my money he wants my heart and if you think about bulls and cattles and they may be the same I'm not a country boy 
<laughs> if it's a boy, right, I guess. I'm sorry. God didn't uh, call me because I was a cattleman. Uh, but anyhow, all of that stuff speaks of their livelihood. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.